Welcome to Sideline Sports. We got a great show tonight. Got some new people in the mix. I mean, you're used to seeing John and Jake. That's kind of boring. Let's talk about them. Let's talk about our two special guests who happen to be lined up on the bottom. First, we got Scott Morganroth of the Border City uh, Loudmouth at a, the South Florida Tribune. Uh, you usually see me there on Wednesday nights. Scott joining us tonight. Glad to have you, Scott. And then we got former NFL running back at a San Diego State University, George Jones, Heisman Trophy candidate. Pretty impressive. I mean, our show just gets better every week. I don't know, Jake, how do we get such great guests? Tell me. Just we're just you know what it is. It's John just sitting there who is now currently frozen on screen. It looks like I can't really tell. I can't tell if he's just really still like a tree almost, or if he's just frozen. I'm betting on just frozen. But you know what it is, JV. They hear you. You're a smart guy. You're fun to listen to. You make the show interesting. They hear John and think he's absolutely just insane. So Thank they you. want to come on and they want to. Kind of, they don't want to fight him, but in a verbal sense, they want to spar words oh, with him. Please, and they see, and, and they see me, and they go, "Man, this guy's a good-looking kid. I gotta go talk to this guy." And when Eric is here, Eric just brings it all. He's just, he's the life of the party when he's here. So obviously, people want to join you, but you know, it, I think it's mostly John says ridiculous things, and and Thank they you. just gotta be like, "I gotta fight this guy verbally. I, I gotta, mm. I you know, John, you're currently frozen. I don't know what's going on, buddy. I'm, but, I'm." I'm perfectly fine i mean i'm just hanging out man waiting it's a great show your, your great lips start. are not moving on our screen which is what i'm trying to tell you i think you might actually be frozen like your that's the first time ever i, w- I was just not talking i like the uh, serious look <laughs> i mean if we were playing freeze tag john john you'd be killing it playing possum man so george talk to us man i mean tell, talk to our audience they they don't really uh know the man behind the helmet yet not yet let's talk mm-hmm. a little bit Well, I'm, uh, I currently, I'm living in Texas. Um, I'm married. I got three young boys, 15, 13, and 10. And um, I'm a stay-at-home dad. I just got through uh, publishing a book called The Present Dad. And uh, I met uh, JB um, around Super Bowl time. And then we became friends. And uh, he invited me to come on the show. And here I am. I'm happy to be here. I love happy to have you. This comment, you know what it is? He's he is for anybody that's seen the Wizard of Oz, he is the Oz. He's just hanging out back there. He's the little dude behind the curtain at the end of the movie. That's that's what John is right now. I'm shorter mm-hmm. than you think. We know you are, John. You meet me in real life. John, we know. You're a little, little I mean we know. Couldn't it be the other way where couldn't we real, see him and not hear him? It'd be so much better. But real it's quick, impossible. John, John I will say this. You may be short. But what you lack in size, in terms of height, I know you make up for in the way. You, All right, let's you kick off out. the show. Richard Seymour is not a Hall of Famer. How about that? Let's just kick it off. I mean, yeah. you guys want to talk some sports? Richard well, Seymour going into the Hall of Fame, he doesn't belong. Richard, Thank yeah, you. Rick, there you go. I, mm, I, I don't know. I don't. I would. I probably would agree with you on that, John, about Richard Seymour not being a Hall of Famer. I mean. In my opinion, what I think a Hall of Famer should be, you should be the best at your position for at least almost a decade to be in the Hall of Fame. 
And that means that I'm talking about first team all pro, not like going to the Pro Bowl. Pro Bowls, that's just mostly um, how, you know, people know your name. But making first team all pro, second team all pro, and you're that dominant force year after year, whether you win a Super Bowl or you're going 0-16, I think. And when, when teams have to play against you, you are the main guy that they have to stop. For example, like the Rams. Aaron Donald, when you play them, you know you got to stop that guy, or he will wreck. Who's, who's Aaron Donald? <laughs> Urban Myers, is that you? I I can't tell. I'm, I'm trying to figure out is, yeah. is that you? If I squint real hard, it looks like it might be. Yeah, so I, I mean, I don't think it, but I think you know playing with Brady and Belichick and winning three winning three goals and things of that nature and everything that they did with the Patriots and the Patriots being like the best you know, team the last 20 years, I think that's probably why they let him in. And and I think now if you listen to a lot of really great Hall of Fame players, they are thinking that the Hall of Fame now is like watered down because people were pretty ticked off that a buddy of mine who I played with at Jacksonville, Tony Paselli, just made the Hall of Fame. And I don't know if you guys heard the comments from Bruce Smith about they're just letting guys into the Hall of Fame now and watering it down. And Baselli's, and just to clarify, Baselli's not one of those guys in that category. Baselli's one of the best linemen I've ever personally watched play, you know, play in the National Football League. That's one of my favorite offensive linemen. So he doesn't well, fall in that category. John, when you're well, done, I got to tell you something. I, I, I would say, now, again, he only what played seven years. Yeah, but, I mean, watching that guy play, I mean, that was one of the best linemen. I, I mean, linemen don't ha- go by stats. It's not like a receiver. <laughs> Or a yeah. running back or a quarterback. All right, hold on, hold on. Time out. Three things. Actually, I'll start with the first thing. John, we made a joke how we could say, oh, well, maybe we could try to not see you and only hear you. We don't see you at all now. So if you could do me a favor. I'm hiding behind the sideline sports logo. <laughs> I, none of us see you. Just try to leave and join back. I promise we will not do much without you. Now I will turn it back to you guys. I just yeah. – I, I, I removed you from stream, add you back, and you went from frozen to just – you went from frozen to gone. Now, now, John, getting back to the uh, matter at hand, I don't dispute what you're saying about Tony. I've seen it firsthand in practice and in games. But, again, remember, he didn't have a long career. You're talking about about seven years of playing. And was he He probably, I think he was all pro maybe two, maybe three of those seven years. So you're talking about a short career and being the best at your position for three years. Again, I mean, if, in, in my personal opinion, in order to be in the Hall of Fame, I mean, you've got to be somebody like Orlando Pace, like guys oh, who I did it for an extended period of time, like the guy out in Cleveland. Uh, what's his name? Thompson, that the uh, the big lineman who just retired a couple Joe years Thomas. ago. Joe Thomas, yes. Yeah. And he was what? He was like the top. He was you didn't the get every basically. year. The worst yeah. Yeah, year after year. That's a that's a Hall of Famer right there. He was a dominant force for forever. So here's what I'll say: he didn't miss a game. He no. missed a game. For for Richard Seymour, here is why I think he's probably being added to the Hall of Fame. Very simple: Tom Brady. He's got a lot of great teams he was on, and so Tom Brady elevates every team he's on. No matter like no matter what side of the ball you play on, just automatically you're grouped in with Tom Brady and that Patriots team. 
And mm-hmm. second of all, he did play with some really great players on his defense Ty in Law, his time. Teddy right. Bruschi, and Lawyer even Malloy, though Lawyer Malloy, Rodney Harrison, even though that shouldn't factor Teddy in, Bruschi. right? It shouldn't factor in. I think the problem is he's got a couple rings. He's got some probably honestly inflated stats, and I say that because his stats aren't even inflated. He has what no, about fifty-five but, sacks? But let me. My point is, if he didn't play for the teams he played for with the coaches, specifically the teammates he played with, I don't think his stats would have been as good as they are, which is my – it's an attempt to not be a jerk, but it's a knock on him. It's the truth because when you have such great players next to you and on the field with you, it does help you be able to play better because the other team has to focus on those other players. So that's my point with that. Yeah. And the well, other problem is – and, George, you talked about watered down. My favorite yeah. example will always be Joe Namath. He yes. is one of the least deserving guys in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And I'm somebody that that says Eli Manning should be in the Hall of Fame. And that's a debatable topic, which we'll save for another time. But the yes. point is, is that Joe Namath is a guy that I think you poll anybody. There's no question he doesn't deserve to be there. The only thing he has is a ring that, you know, it was, it, was, it was great. Don't get me wrong. But that's besides that, what does he have? He's nothing. He's just another guy yeah, but, to play quarterback. But I guarantee to win a Super Bowl when how many point underdog no, I, that? I, I get it. In, in New but York. I'm saying that's in that New is York. the only reason he is in the Hall but, of Fame. There's right. nothing else on his resume to say, oh, yeah, he should be in the Hall of Fame. Nothing. If, I'm, absolutely awful, nothing. if I'm not mistaken, he has more interceptions than he sure does. Yes, he does. I, I know yes. he does. I know. So let me ask you guys this question, okay? If you're in Miami like I am, okay, ever heard of that guy called Dan Marino? Okay, he, right. he had a lot of numbers. Don't kind say of, that in front of John. No, I don't care. It doesn't matter. It We're in trouble. I gotta go. Into his ego. Yeah, I'm sure. I know. One of the few things I've said so far, but I'm I'm just getting warmed up here. Dying Mountain News kicking in very nice. Thank you. <laughs> but uh, these sixty thousand yards, don't you think he probably want that thing called a ring? Because how many times have people gotten on Danny's? You know, we're not talking isotoner or gloves, or whatever. I don't know if that's a sponsor or conflict there, but you know, I'm sure he wish he had that thing called a championship ring. Bear in mind, when Dan went to the Super Bowl early in his career, everybody thought he'd be a regular visitor there, but he wasn't. So, you know, I understand you're talking about Richard Seymour. I get that. There's some guys that are in a system what warrants their success. When I was covering my first Super Bowl, Super Bowl 33. And I've gone to a few other ones. I've covered four in person and saw four games. I don't know if you guys ever heard of Floyd Little, but it took him a while to get in there, yes, too. And yeah. he was one of the better running backs, you know, that played for the Broncos. You know, mm-hmm. Tommy Lasorda once told me when I was breaking into baseball, because God delays does not mean that God denies. So I guess what I'm saying, Floyd got in there. Now, again, I deal with baseball a lot, and they we talk about the NFL potentially being watered down from time to time. Well, to get in the Baseball Hall of Fame, oh, I mean, yeah, well, I'm sure you probably do. Call GMTA, Great Minds Think Alike. JB knows what it is. What <laughs> you guys going to learn? But, you know, they don't get you in with a 74.8. You got to get in with 75%. So when you talk about watered down, yeah, does the NFL have a few more participants? Yeah. Does Major League Baseball have times where they haven't had anybody in there? Or at least posthumously where nobody's around to see it? It, it just depends. I mean, John's favorite example will always be – and. and and John, this is not meant to be a knock on you. I'm not saying you're wrong. It's just I know you use this example, Harold Baines. I mean, that is like John's favorite example not a of a guy fan. that shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. And again, not I'm all. not saying John, you're wrong. It's not at all what I'm trying to say. I'm just saying 
talk about baseball, John can go on about that for it feels like ever. He he jokes. Well, that that's my Mendoza line. Well, I could go on about Fred McGriff. You know, yes, Fred McGriff is one of those guys. Those guys that, that don't belong. You're right. Well, yeah, well, so, uh, you know, I mean, the reality is, is do some of these guys get in there because ultimately the Veterans Committee gets in there? You know, I can, again, I've been in the business, guys. I know uh, a few guys know, some don't. I've been in sports media for 42 years, and I can tell you right now that guys like Mickey Logis or Lou Whitakers or Fred McGriff should be there, and I should be able to see them in Cooperstown when I go there in a couple of weeks, but they're not there, where at least football, you're always insured that every time you go there in August, you're going to see a good group no matter what happens, and the story is good. You don't necessarily get that guarantee when you go into baseball as well as some of the other Hall of Fames. That's all. That's well, Scott, let me ask you the question when you was alluding to Dan Marino and all his stats, and he would give some of those stats up to be to get a, a Super Bowl ring. Do you honestly think he will give up most of those stats to be to get a Super Bowl but not make the Hall of Fame? You know, George, that's an excellent question. And the best way I can answer that for you is this, okay? When the guy had a chance to get a championship, okay, a guy by the name of Jimmy Johnson was his coach, okay? And when Jimmy Johnson was his coach, Dan, okay, we do have a running attack. Don't Mm -hmm. be afraid of it. I only used it in Dallas. Didn't you say, George, you're in Texas, right? Ever heard of a place called Dallas? Jimmy Johnson, okay, won Super Bowls there. And and Barry Switzer should be sending this guy a Christmas card every single day to know Mm -hmm. that he didn't have to go to your nearby jeweler to get the one that Johnson gift wrapped for him. So mm-hmm. well, I think that Jim Dan, Dan Marino knew the formula was there when Jimmy Johnson was there. Sure. I know I can tell you right now, I personally don't like Dan Marino. And I'll tell you a couple of reasons why I don't uh, during Super Bowl 33. Do I hold a grudge? Yeah. It, with him, I do because mm-hmm. I ended up going to this, the, my first Super Bowl in Miami. And I'll never forget the time that, Dan Marino made a boneheaded statement that the only reason we could get you media guys out here because he was opening up a children's hospital, you know, was to give you free food. That was stupid because I could have gone to a lot of different events. So what did I do to get even with Dan many years ago? Uh, Six years later, I go to Super Bowl 39. And boy, how ironic was it that he ended up getting into the Hall of Fame at the same place where he got waxed 62 points. Or whatever, and I reminded him. By the way, Dan, you know, hate to bring this up, but remember the last game you played here? Well, I kind of like to think I'd forget about it until you brought it up. Well, shame, shame, Gomer Powell would say. I'm loving this. I like, I like watching John have to do this. Off that, Scott, because that I think that was his last year. I was in Jacksonville, and we beat them in the playoffs. Like my uh, my buddy Fred, first play of the game, 90 yard touchdown against them with Jimmy Johnson and Dan Marino was out. I think that might have been his last year. Yes, sir. That was his last game. Yeah. You ever heard of Jay Feeler? Okay. He was at at Jacksonville with us before he went to Miami. Exactly. That's my point, George. Again, now we're putting you in the GMTA category. Great minds think alike. Jay Feeler probably is a guy that, to me, probably got no credit and he was a pretty good quarterback even yes. when he went to Miami. But poor Dan, okay, you know, it's it's uh, a shame it didn't like work this. out in NASCAR. No, no he was a terrible well, Scott, quarterback. Well, Scott, I would tell you, and from my being around a lot of professional athletes and really, really good ones who are first ballot Hall of Famers and top 100 players, I can tell you 99% of them would say they will prefer to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, 
a top 100 player over a ring. Okay. Ever heard, you know, I covered the Miami Dolphins guys, okay, back in the early 80s. You ever heard of a guy named Mark Cooper? Mark Clayton, by the way, yes. stories on them. Yes. You ever heard of Mark up on them. You, you want to talk about throwing the football to guys that know how to do that thing called catch it, okay? Yeah. This is what JB oh, has Jamie to do with every Wednesday when he's with me. So the L animated, now I'm getting warmed up here, so here we have a good audience <laughs> out here. But that's the kind of thing, you know, when you go out there and you have guys that can catch the football, okay, instead of drop the football, because as I always understand, George, in football, and any, any uh, level, whether it's high school, college, or pro, the object of the game is to throw the football, and the object of the game is to catch it. And if you can't catch it, then Dan Marino has six yards, not 60,000 yards. Yes. Now, as much as I piled on with this guy, okay, we'll say 60,000 yards are all well and good. The records today should be – there should be an asterisk because yes. now the NFL plays Patty Cake, Patty Cake, Baker's man, okay, with there's no hand-checking or any of that business out yes. there, so – you know, it'll be one of the few nice things I say about Dan Marino. But yeah, he want to be he would be he would have been a first ballot Hall of Famer whether he won a ring or not. Because the thing I remember what Don Shula used to tell me a long time ago, and I saw it watching him a fair amount of times, is I've never in all my years of covering this game have seen a quarterback go out there and have a quick release and avoid the sack better than Marino. So I always come to the old school that you give credit where it's due. You are and just. Okay, Dan. Making John so you, happy the more you, you talk you, about you, you how great correct, Dan Marino you correct The quickest release, but if you look at the statistics over all the quarterbacks in the history who got sacked the most and got, got sacked the least, he wasn't the number one guy. Because right. even with that quick react, that quick reaction, he wasn't the number one. It was Peyton Manning who was number one on taking the least sacks and getting the ball out quicker than anybody. Now, from the eye test, it may look like Dan Marino is the best, but statistically, it's Peyton Manning by by a long ways. I would hate to be I would hate to be an NFL quarterback and be mentioned with these guys. I mean, you must have had a horrible career to be mentioned with Dan Marino, Peyton Manning. Oh, you gotta be terrible. I mean, the worst of the worst. <laughs> well, Peyton Manning, I remember one thing about Peyton Manning. Okay, you want to talk about a student of the game? This guy is that. He reminds me of Larry Bird, okay? He goes ahead and studies backwards, frontwards, and sideways. And when I, was covering so the, when I was covering the NBA, uh, the Pistons back in the Bad Boys era, I once had an opportunity to talk, talk to Larry Bird. I said, Coach Bird, I need to ask you a question after a game, after the Pacers-Pistons uh, game. I said, "What? I know you weren't the best athlete on the planet, Coach Bird, but what made you better than a lot of people? And he addresses me by my first name because when you address somebody, George, as you well know, they're going to give you the same first name professional courtesy that there is. Yeah. And he said, you know what, Scott, What make the reason why I succeeded is I, I kept thinking three steps ahead of the other people. So whether the guy could jump is one thing. He could think with the best of them. And when you bring up a guy like Peyton Manning, he did it with anybody. Anybody who's a smart quarterback that can outthink their opponent has mastered the game of chess, and that's what you have a lot of, to do. Yeah. So, well, you know, well, I mean, yeah. look at all he, the other teams that pass on Marino. Yeah, he did it without the athletic ability. I mean, if you watched and seen anything about Peyton, he just – you know, they was asking him the other day why he wore the number 18. Right. And then he went through the story of why he wore the number 18 because his sophomore year in high school, his brother Cooper was number 18. He was 14. And then he, he has a really a photographic memory. And when I say a photographic memory, he has it. He remembered the play. He was calling the play out that he was doing as a 10th grader live while the play was going on. He still remembered the play all the way back from his uh, sophomore year in high school. So 
it, he beat people from the neck up without any athletic ability. And as you see, when he went to the Broncos and had the wobbly arm, he was able to beat them with the intelligence, knowing I got to get the ball out quicker and sooner because I don't have the velocity to get the ball in tight windows. And that's all of, with all the thinking upstairs and knowing what the winners do that. Well, it's kind of thinking smarter, not harder. That's what it is. And that's exactly what he did. Once you figure it out over the course of time, guys, you know, you think smarter, not harder. You can make up certain things as a result of, sorry, JB, I just wanted to make sure I touch on George's point. That's all. You know, I agree with you. I think, you know, that's what winners do. Guys like Bird, you know, Peyton, you know, they're not the most athletic people in the world. I mean, look at Eli. Looking at Eli, you, you, nobody, you know, I mean, he's, so intelligent, but you look at him. He's oh, ugly my. and slow. Oh, and I'm saying old. as a Giants fan, I'm sorry. I mean, just like it, just like Luka Doncic down in Dallas. Yeah, I mean, and he out of shape and everything, and he's still cooking guys 30, 35 points every night. Oh god, Absolutely. oh my gosh, yeah. But speaking of quarterbacks, there's something we got to talk about just a little bit. Baker Mayfield. I mean, I don't like to talk about him, but we have to. He he garners enough to, to be spoken about. I, I figure, you know, this is the, the recap of the week, guys. So what's your question, Jake? Oh, there's no question. I just want to discuss Wait. this because personally. What is it to discuss? How, how dumb Cleveland is that they're going to have no quarterback in a couple of days? What is it to talk about? I, I, JB, I dispute that. I, I think that this thing is going to be different than what most outsiders think because if Deshaun Watson was going to get in as much trouble as people say, man, we would have heard leaks and stuff from that. And it's been reported that the NFL, you know, offered 12 games. Now, that means he would have come back for the last, what, five games, four games, yeah. six games. But he said, no, I don't want that deal. So that must be something with the player association and with the, uh, the person who's the arbitrator over this that he may end up playing this year sooner than most people think. So, guys, let me ask you, let me ask you guys a question. How many commandments are there? There's 10. No, there isn't. There's 13. You know why there's 13? Okay, you're probably wondering where this is going. Now I'll show I can only imagine. I, I got three good ones here. I'm telling you, Moses wouldn't have come up with them way back when. Okay. Thou shall not overspend. Thou shall not get caught. Thou shall put thy foot on the ground, not thy mouth. Okay. But Moses didn't know about those three then. Hello. Welcome to 2022. <laughs> so go figure. And that's the one. And and commandment number 13 is the one that Baker Mayfield seems to violate the most. Thou shall keep thy foot on the ground, not thy mouth, a la yeah. social media. Okay. You get the drill. Okay, so now all of a sudden you have a dysfunctional situation in Carolina where, by the way, you have the number one player in the draft and the number three compete for two spots. And yeah. if that didn't any good, you draft another quarterback, and then P.J. Walker will be somewhere. For all I know, P.J. Walker might end up in Cleveland. You never know. I mean, I've seen crazier things happen in this league over the course of time. And well, if you hear that P.J. Walker goes to Cleveland, you'll know you heard it from me first on, on this incredible broadcast. Well, Scott, what you said about Baker – wasn't that what everybody was so excited about him that he he wore his everything on his shoulders he was that fiery guy who was cut and had to walk on and do this and that he's lived he's been that same way so when he's winning and winning the heisman and doing well it's okay because remember he you know did the crouch grabbing when he was at oklahoma and everybody let it go because he was winning so now when you get in the nfl and you start losing and then things go bad. Now everybody look at that as a negative. But 
before that, everybody was like, see that he lived on the edge like that because he needs that. He, he got that chip on his shoulder because when he was at Texas Tech, uh, the coach would let him play because of Patrick Mahomes and da-da-da-da-da. Now it's coming back as a negative on him now. When everybody looked at it as a positive, when he played like the rest, like this season, with like those five games with the torn uh, shoulder and, and trying to tough it out. Well, well there's a fine know. line. When you, when you do that, there's a fine line. When you're winning, you get away with it. When you're losing, nobody wants to hear it. And, That's true. You know, when it comes to Cleveland, Cleveland and the Jets are the two teams, no matter what they do, it's just a disaster. So it's I don't, see, I I don't see how this works out good. You know, I, I want to see Watson play. He's got – he's a tremendous talent, but But if he did Cleveland. something wrong, yeah. Well, yeah, if he did something Cleveland. wrong, I don't want to see him play, though. Yeah, but you're oh. talking about a fleece job. My God, $230 million and $9 million draft choices? Please, man. And here's the thing. Okay, Baker Mayfield didn't think Odell Beckham Jr. was any good. Guess what? Okay, goes to L.A. wearing that old jersey that you're wearing, J.B., yeah. my goodness. And that Ram was tough, wasn't he? And all he did was get something damn read on the left. A championship ring. Sorry, Dan, I, had to bring up again, but it warranted it. So I still don't think Odell Beckham has what he had in New York. I still don't think that. By the no, way, no, Matt, no, Matt Stafford no. does a good job of making a lot of receivers look better. Can you than stop where talking about at. Matt Stafford. Why are we? What do you have against him? What do you have against him? Uh, Matt well, Stafford made all, Marvin Jones look injuries good. too, though. Matt Stafford he's played through a, he's lot a of game injuries. manager. He's not that good. No, oh, he makes on. a lot of receivers. Look better than they are. I, I, I just don't think Odell Beckham's the same guy he was in New York. I just, I just. But Matt Stafford, though, John, you brought up an interesting point. Okay, played through a lot of injuries with a bad Lions team, and then got a change of scenery, and it worked out. So I'm a Stafford guy. So I'm all yeah. for him. But I know a lot of people aren't. But the reality of the situation, regardless of who what quarterback you like the most, the rea- you're only as good as your receivers. And when Baker Mayfield didn't think Beckham was any good. And he found a home out in Los Angeles, out in LA. I mean, Eric Garber is one of the most underrated wide receiver coaches on the planet. And to me, I'm, here's a guy that should get a head coaching job if he ever wanted it because of his energy and intellect and his ability to communicate with coaches. I like it. I am. I don't know. Sometimes I never know how I get on anything anymore. But well, the reality. What are you going to say, George? I mean, JB, you get. I mean, you got to give uh, Stafford a lot of credit this year because when it was in the toughest game of the season against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when when the time was about to run out and they needed to go down and kick that field goal to win the game in regulation. He stood in the pocket knowing it was an all-out blitz and stood there. Oh, he's a tough guy. Got open, and that's how they won that game. And 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 they said he was the one who decided not to take the timeout to let them, like, substitute and all that. So you got to give him – a lot of credit oh, for listen, that game. He's, he's tough as he's tough as nails. I, I, yeah. Listen, I, I just don't. I think he's given more credit than he should. You know, I don't know. I, he's not my guy. Anyway, but back to I, Baker, I respect though. him. Back to Baker. Yeah. For me, I don't know why they traded for him though. I don't understand. Because I, I, it's Carolina. Why not? Why not? You gave up. You just wasted all those it. draft picks on Sam Darnold. What? What is your end goal with all this? Which I don't understand. Because Baker's ceiling is a lot higher than Sam Darnold's. You're missing what I'm saying. If you want a Baker you, so bad, should have traded him from last year. Should have tried to do that. But his, should have traded his for, for Sam Darnold. What is year. 
John, but you're you, missing the point I'm still making. Jake, what is having? Jake, what is the point of having those two quarterbacks? What does it do for you? Nothing. But, but, Jake, you, I, would if, say, I would say, Jake, they're not paying the whole $18 million that they owe him. They're only paying true. four. That, that's less than what a backup quarterback makes these days. So let's just hypothetically say that uh, the, the guy who was drafted their third overall in that class wins the position and he gets hurt. And then you got a guy now who – who has played in big, meaningful games, has a has something to prove going there and, and keep the, the ship steady. Because it didn't cost them a lot. It cost them a fourth-round draft pick, which they don't always pan out in the draft. And you're only paying $4 million to a backup with the going rate today is like $10 million. So it's a win-win if Baker ends up helping the team win one or two games. Well, bear in mind, though, you have these two guys – Okay, with a quarterback competition, which will push one or the other to begin with. And then you also have them on expiring contracts. So while you have Darnold and you also have Baker Mayfield on expiring contracts, there's still P.J. Walker, which you don't know what's going to happen there, and Matt Corral, who's going to be in a quarterback room there. So you don't know how this thing's going to play out. And and these are on guys are on contract years who's going to get paid next year. So it'll certainly make an interesting quarterback room to say the league. And, and you're right, George. I mean, they got him for next to nothing—a fourth-round draft choice with Cleveland paying a lot of the bill. And by yep, the way, yep. if by chance he goes ahead and beats Cleveland, well, yep. Browns, it was nice to go ahead and beat you, and you paid me for a lot of my money. Boy, how sickening is that? First, first of all, PJ Walker is terrible, so <laughs> nobody's worried about PJ Walker going anywhere. Like they can cut him, and nobody's going to jump in line for that. Uh, Baker Mayfield's going to have the job. Like, let's be real. We saw what Sam Darnold was last year. That's what Sam Darnold is. Jake, to answer your question, the only reason they traded for Sam Darnold last year is because he was so young. We all said, well, he was on the Jets with Adam Gaze. We don't know what the real Sam Darnold is. They gave him one year, which is what I thought they would do. He was terrible. He had four games. The first four games, I think he had like seven rushing touchdowns. But – throwing the ball he really didn't do anything even with a great receiver and dj Moore. now baker mayfield has really good weapons with cmc dj Moore, who's an underrated receiver and robbie anderson who's fast as lightning you have a lot of great weapons not to mention the young players that they got last year in the draft and they upgraded the offensive line it's a dream for baker mayfield and they got the running back the running back is back now he should be healthy yeah cmc so 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 like my question though in a great spot so there's two ways of looking at it. Are they are they a playoff team right now? Yes or no? I, I think not even it's close. very possible in the NFC. There's not a lot of great teams wild card wise to contend with. Well, John, I was saying that division. You got Tampa. That they're not going to be Tampa for the division. No. And then you got uh, probably the Saints. The Saints probably are better than them, in my opinion. If Jameis Winston could come back and play even somewhere close to where he was playing before he tore his ACL. So the thing I'll ask you, George, because somebody Megan brought this up on the sports arena last week, and I stomped the flame out when she tried to tell me the same exact thing. We're probably not going to see Alvin Kamara, right? There's probably not going to be an Alvin Kamara after what happened, or there's going to be a light, Good uh, chance a big not. suspension, and we don't know what Michael Thomas is. We haven't seen him in over Correct. two years. So you got Jarvis Landry and a rookie and Chris Olave. Like there's and they lost one of their best offensive linemen. Like offensively, there's nothing there that scares you. So like, and the Panthers and Saints are about the same defense. They both have really good defenses. 
So to me, the advantage is the Panthers. And there's uh, no Sean Payton. Well, John, I, I would think they already said, if, if I'm correct, that uh, Alvin was going to get like six game suspension. Am I correct? Wasn't it around like six I, games? I don't know what he's getting. I, I, I mean, to me, I would imagine I'm not seeing this guy on the field this year. That would be after what happened. But I haven't heard anything on what he's getting yet. No, but no, like no. I said, I don't trust Dennis no. Allen. I've seen him as a head coach before. So he was terrible. What, okay. I don't believe in the Saints team. Right now, there's three teams in the West that are making the playoffs. And then the NFC East, which is going to beat up on each other, is going to get the other wild card. So where, where are you getting? Wait, how's there three teams in the West that are, that are making the playoffs? Because no. the Cardinals aren't guaranteed anything. DeAndre Hopkins what? is suspended six games. So that's not a guarantee. I think and between you know, the Cardinals and 49ers. Anyway. And, and so yeah, second half of the this. season with the Cardinals. Let me say this. I think between one of those two teams, somebody will make the playoffs. I don't know who yet. I'm not com- I'm not saying, oh, I think it's this team or that team. I don't know. I don't, I'm not confident about either of them. But I think they're both good enough teams that, John, you said it. The NFC is just not good. The yeah. NFC stinks. They're good enough with the record they could realistically get any of them that they'll be, again, good enough to make the playoffs. Yeah, but remember, I, one, I, I can understand this point. Remember one thing, though Matt Rule's coaching for his job, and exactly. Robbie Anderson did not buy the Kool Aid from Baker Mayfield. Now he has to backtrack a little bit. Well, he's on my team. I better start drinking that Kool Aid. Yeah. He wasn't doing it earlier, and he made it very well known on social media. And to backtrack there, I don't think three teams from the NFC West are going to get in at all. I mean, what, uh, tell me who's playing quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks. Is well, we this already know that that's a dead end. Yeah, right. Well, they're, so, they're the one that's not going anywhere. Right. So we've got this thing called Abbott Costello. Who's on first? What's on second? Okay. So now we're talking about the Seattle quarterback. And, we, and of course, we all want to think Trey Lance would be pretty good for the 49ers, but we really haven't seen a lot of extended action. You have the Rams, and I'm not sure about the Cardinals situation. So – Judging by those four teams, if I were going to go ahead and take any of those teams, I'd still lean on the Rams because the other ones are just unknown facts. But Matt Rule is coaching for his job, and Robbie Anderson wasn't drinking the Baker Mayfield cool aid earlier. We'll see if he does later. Panthers ain't going nowhere. Five wins tops. They're garbage. I think think the Cardinals will make the playoffs only if they extend Kyler Murray. If they don't extend him and he disgruntled, I mean, that the season would just be a disaster because he's not going to really want to play and he's not going to hurt. That's fair. So I, I don't – if he doesn't get the extension that he wants and you see the history of the coach at about week nine, they start to Oh, he's horrible. He's horrible. Really much That's and great. then you got – you know, so without your top receiver for the first six games – you might be three and three. You might be two and four. Who knows? But if Kyler Murray doesn't get that extension, I don't think he's going to be a happy camper. And when you're not a happy camper at the main position on the field, you can't win. So, George, okay, say that, okay. But are we looking at Kyler Murray slash James Harden in the same sense? I mean, no, it's not even him? close. I, I, Different I mean, sports. I, I wouldn't say that, but if you look at what's going on, he, he, like how many years has Kyler Murray's been in the league? Three. Right. This is his, yeah, yeah, he's so he's like, I've been to the, I made the uh, Pro Bowl two, three, two, three, uh, two seasons. I was up most of the season in the MVP run. And now he like Patrick Mahomes after his second year, he got paid. Josh Allen, 
dot, 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 dot. So he looking at that like that, like, if y'all believe in me so much, I've done this and I've started every game. I don't want to be like Lamar Jackson and going into year five, going on my, you know, getting my fifth year option. I want that guaranteed money like everybody else. I don't want to be like Dak Prescott. It's fair. That's understandable. That's a good um, point. I don't think they're paying him though. I, I don't. No, no. Then if I don't, I, I haven't seen anything that says, "Oh yeah, let's pay him." No, they're if just going to wait it out. And they don't. If care. you can keep a quarterback on a rookie deal, you always keep him on a rookie deal to keep that cap down. You always do that and hold off as long as you can, because that's the formula to winning a Super Bowl is keeping your quarterback on a rookie deal. I mean, how many how many teams win a Super Bowl paying their quarterback forty five million dollars? Nobody. Not often. Not speaking often. of speaking of ridiculous paid quarterbacks, ESPN today top ten quarterbacks in the league. The guy who I hate to mention, rank number one. Yeah, Stafford. No, no. the guy you I hate to mention. mention. You hate to mention a lot of guys. Yeah, no, no, no. There, there's a huge difference. Stafford, I respect. Okay, then it's Aaron Rodgers. The George is definitely yes. right. It's Aaron Rodgers, no doubt. Yes. So. <laughs> Is that correct? Is Aaron Rodgers the number one quarterback in the NFL at this point? He's the number one quarterback as far as, like, I guess the dollar-wise per season. But Deshaun Watson is the number one with total guarantee, which is more important than what you're making per season. So, Oh, no, no. Uh, I'm, I'm not talking about money, though. I'm talking about oh, the – it was ranked by oh, um, yeah. you got NFL Patrick execs. Yeah, yeah. You got well, I mean, you got to look at it like this, JB. He did win uh, a back-to-back MVPs. Did he not play well in the game against San Francisco? Yes, you could say that. You could say that the year before when he should have been running instead of uh, trying to hold on to the ball. But for the regular season, all the money that he got, he deserves because he carried that franchise and he won back-to-back. When they when they sit there and drafted a quarterback two years ago, and since that that draft pick with that number one pick love, he's been back to back MVP and he might win it a third time. Who knows? Yeah, because I mean, yeah. with him, well, he's not, he's not going to put himself in danger like Tom Brady with trying to throw the ball downfield and trying to uh, get a bunch of yards. He's going to sit here and be precise. And if there's nowhere to throw, I'm going to throw it away so I can have the statistics at the end of the year that. You know, keep him where he's at. Well, we'll find out what he's really like this year with a new group of receivers. And I got to tell you, since we're talking Packer quarterbacks, I guess that's where the old age thing comes in a little bit for me. Mm -hmm. I've always loved Brett Favre anyways. Anybody that could play that many consecutive games and get hammered and still win and throw a lot of interceptions and a lot of touchdowns and took chances, I'm okay. But, yeah, we're going to find out what really Aaron Rodgers is like with a much different receiving core than he had a year ago. We'll find out now that the old – Comfort zone, Devontae Adams. And we'll find out how good Devontae Adams is with Derek Carr. I I think, Scott, Rodgers will play better than Adams. I agree. We'll play better because when you got a guy like you, like, man, I got to force feed this guy the ball all the time. It's easy to guard the, uh, the Green Bay. It was easy. You take him out when San Francisco, they had no, like, if you look at uh, Aaron Rodgers' passes, he threw the ball 90% of the time to Adams, and then he exactly. spoke to the rest of the guys. I think when everybody that he got more options to throw to, I bet you they will be a more formidable offense 
And now you're going to see going to the Raiders with, you know, having a tight end who's really good. And you got uh, the the young the uh, kid from Clemson in the slot. Those guys are used to getting the him. ball a lot. Yeah. Now you got Adams coming over. He's going to be like, I was the man in Green Bay, and I'm getting paid all this money. You need to throw me the ball. I need so the George, ball a lot. George, how much you played? You're the only one on this panel that has played, obviously, at a high level. How much does that chemistry between Devontae Adams and Derek Carr play into how well they might play together this year? Like, how important is that? Because we've, we've heard that all offseason. They played together. They played together in college. Like, how important is that? Well, I'll give you an example. And I'm pretty sure everybody knows when Peyton Manning was at Indianapolis, before every game, he would have him and all the wide receivers, and he would throw about 200 passes mm-hmm. before the game. Then they'll get ready for the game. That is very important because Aaron Rodgers threw a different ball than the guy out in the Raiders. Derek Carr, I mean, yeah. Derek Carr, right. It's not enough, and it's not enough time to get yourself prepared for that coming right in. I mean, because now it was different when you're talking about um, – Cincinnati, Joe Burrow and Chase knew each other from college. So he knew what kind of balls he need. But with these two, that was that college was like nine years ago. Okay. Right. That's true. It's a different, it's different. What's the name? And again, when you got a dominant tight end, like they got in Walker, and then you got a guy who caught a hundred balls out of the slot. Kind of Renfro. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you, I mean, those guys will be like, we've been here and now you're going to give all the balls to him and just give us a few sprinkles. I don't think, that's going to I don't be, think that's going to go over well either, yeah. Well, George, not only are you right there because of the fact they have to throw the ball around, don't forget the Packers will be forced to run the football too. So you'll have well, a lot can more do balance that. on that. I think that'll be good for the Packers. They can definitely do that. Okay. okay. I thought I want to make sure we agree. I, I think that'll yeah. be better. Yeah, and that's, a, that's a what I think they have to do that. You got to make the They have to the play like the rest ballot. of the NFL. You have yeah. to run the ball in this. Look, I understand it's a passing league, and I'm never going to deny that. It's a passing league. But if you can't run the ball, you become an extremely boring, extremely predictable, extremely easy to beat offense because all they got to do is say, all right, we know they're throwing the ball. That's it. You learn, and then you all you have to do is, okay, how do they throw the ball? Like Kansas City, are they going for the home run ball? Okay, let's put, uh, you know, one safety deep, right? What one guy, one guy we know he's going back there. Okay, that's what we know in the back of our heads. When they are running the ball, you don't and, think like that. You're thinking, okay, are they going to run or are they going to pass? You got to look at their formation. You have to actually think changes, a little bit. It's a little more work. the whole defensive scheme. It's a little more work, actually. But, Jake, are you old enough to remember the run and shoot offense? I know you are, yes, George. Barry you had Miles Davis. Yeah. You had June Jones running it. And they were throwing it uh, all over the place. Yeah. And I remember many years ago when uh, Miles Davis was with the Detroit Lions, they employed that offense with all these guys. And they lost football games because they had no running back, but you had five wide receivers wide open. And the last one that gets the ball ends up winning because your defense is so tired and you're in a track meet called a football game. That's a great point. So, yeah, you talk about the run and shoot offense. I kind of wonder, George, okay, you being the football guy player on here, don't you feel that today's NFL reminds you to some extent, George, of the run and shoot offense? And until you have an effective ground game, then to me, who the heck wants to see a track meet like you see all over the place? Because, well, again, the best teams win championships have great defenses. Yeah, so well, let, let me answer one question before I get to this one. Remember sure. what we was talking about with Adams and the Raiders? 
But I think the caveat would be with this is with Josh McDaniels and the way that he plays his system, I think Adams probably is going to have buy-in to sharing and, you know, doing a bunch of gadget plays like they did in New England. Because I don't, I don't think he, even with Tom Brady, you didn't see him just until later into Tom Brady's career just be throwing the ball 50 times a game. So I think with that, I think uh, Adams' uh, stats are going to come down because they're going to say, you look at when we was with uh, New England, nobody had big stats as a wide receiver. You had everybody had comparable. So I think with him, uh, Adams will probably buy in because of his resume. And now on the uh, second question, yeah, I mean, the running back has been devalued. If you look at the draft this year, I don't think a running back was drafted in the first round. But but if you look at the teams who do have good running backs, which are Tennessee, the Colts, and those guys like that, if they could just tweak a few things, they're going to be good. Because if you look at San Francisco, San Francisco, um, they don't have necessarily a franchise quarterback, but he does enough to keep the defense honest with throwing the ball to uh, like bubble screens and short passes because their run game game is so dominant, just like with Tennessee. But Tennessee got behind when they played uh, Cincinnati because of the quarterback turning the ball over. So Henry couldn't – I mean, once you get behind, the run ball is is useless for you. So, I mean, it's it's give and take, but I I would say – um, in order to win, if you look at the Super Bowl, both teams ran the ball really well, and I just think uh, Stafford just outplayed the other guy. But now think, we have an interesting situation real, in Miami. Okay, you real, got real quick. Hold on, against Tyreek Hill. How much better will Tyreek Hill make to it? Sorry, Jake. That's all right. Real, real quick, I just wanted to jump How in much? before before we get to that. You guys talk about you know how important the running game is. And, you t- and I don't remember if it was Scott or George, um, but one of you said that, you know, it depends on who gets the ball last. The perfect yeah. example, Kansas City versus Buffalo. Yes. If you give Buffalo the ball, if you give them a running back, I guarantee you when they, they win that game. Without a doubt. Why? Because yeah. Josh Allen is great. The offensive line is great. The defense is better, in my opinion, by – a, a, a decent amount. It's it's by it's, a mile. It's a much stronger ever, defense. Then, yeah. yeah. Kansas City is is okay. I think they get a little too much flack for how for how they play, but nonetheless, Buffalo is much better. You give them a running game. Josh Allen isn't in this battle where they're scoring like three touchdowns in the last minute. It doesn't what, come down to that. It comes what, down what to if, just run the ball and the game's over. And they've what, already what won. What have That's I been it. saying the last two seasons? I, I know, said, especially I'm, this offseason. They should have been all in on going to the Giants to get a Saquon. Look, well, I get they, 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 they signed Von Miller. Oh, they, they signed Von Miller, and that was great. Yeah. But they need a running back. That is uh, still they, the biggest flaw. I agree they, with George. Actually, they just drafted one. They yep. just drafted a running back to be the guy. He's going to so, be. Really I hope good. he is. I hope so. He's going to be really. But good. I still don't think. I think Josh will have won't have as good of a year as he had last year. Last year was like an all world year yeah, for somebody. Like how he yeah. did with run in the past. Eventually, because again, remember he runs the ball quite a bit. All it takes is for yeah. somebody to hit at that knee or that ankle, and he can be like and So, I, I mean, I would take what they did against uh, Kansas City by putting the ball in a quarterback's hand versus running the ball, because um, in those games like that, if you like go three and out and you can't run the ball, then you give guys and they get up. 
and you can't throw the ball down the field, you got Josh Allen back there making all that money and you handing the ball off. They want the ball in the guy, the guy's hands who's making all the money and who's the franchise player. So, so let me ask you. Agree with let that. me ask you this, George. Hold on, real quick. I agree with that. But if they had a running game, it doesn't have to come down yeah. to that situation. That's, well, that's my question, yeah. George, because they lost Brian Dable, who who was the re he saved Josh yeah, Allen's career. If you remember, Josh yes. Allen was terrible his first yes. two years. Then Dable came in, saved his career. He became a completely different quarterback. Now he's mm-hmm. gone. How much does that play into how well or? Maybe he'll come back down to earth a little bit, Josh Allen, this year. Like, how much does that play into it, losing a guy like Dave? Well, I think he will come back down to earth a little bit because he played at a level no one thought he was capable of playing. Remember, he was up for the quote-unquote MVP for most of the year. Yep. So if you if you, if you look at it in the past, you never heard anything from Josh uh, Allen on what he was doing in the offseason. You hear about him a lot now, don't you? He's playing golf, doing all these interviews, doing yep. this and that. When you start to get a level of fame, you something gives with the, the the constant training, the doing the little things and all the stuff that made you and got you to where you are. Unless you're somebody like Peyton and Tom, those guys. guys They're different animals, though. Yeah, They're they different are. animals. You can't yeah. compare anybody to those guys. It, it, I mean. exactly. and, that, and that's my point, because most yeah. of these young guys, because if you could look at – Patrick Mahomes, remember, he started going back to doing stuff that cost Kansas City games when he will be wrapped up and all he had to do was take the sack. He'd right. throw the ball and it'll be an interception. Tried to do too yeah. much. Yeah. So, yeah, of course. And, 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 yeah. And, and when, when you get like that, because if you guys seen the game in the uh, AFC Championship, the last play before halftime, Coach Andy Reid said either throw the ball out of the end zone or throw it for a touchdown. He threw the ball on a swing pass to Tyreek Hill, got tackled in bounds. That's yep. three points, and they would have won. That, yeah, they would have won that game completely. That's a huge that swing. That was Patrick huge swing. Yep. So, so, George, do too much. I've got two questions, and I'm really curious about. Okay, number one, do you think that Tyreek Hill makes two attack of a low, who's really a make and break year, that much better? And then the second question I want to throw at you is Devin Singletary, a kid out of Florida Atlantic, who's really a very unheralded running back. You know, I, I think he would definitely be a factor with Buffalo. They need him to be productive for Buffalo to have that. I know uh, where you're going there. It's an average back, but let's just, George, I'm going to, I want to talk about the Tyreek Hill thing, yeah. the Tagovailoa. Do you think that this is what Tagovailoa needs to get straight? Because everybody knows that the, uh, leech on quarterbacks is about three years. Well, I mean, it it, it could go both ways because Tyreek Hill is a big personality. Now, when he was at Kansas City, he couldn't just talk to Patrick Mahomes any kind of way. Patrick okay. Mahomes was the MVP and everything. This guy's a guy who's in his third year, and people still got questions about him, and they wanted to replace him with Deshaun Watson. So as they should is, have, is he's going to have that that situation that, um, what Tony Romo had down there with Des Bryant, where Des Bryant is asking for the ball, no matter what other guys are open, is Tyreek Hill going to do that? And is what's the name going to be able to say no? I'm spreading the ball out, or I'm going to bow down to Tyreek Hill. We don't know where that's going to be at because that's going to be a hard thing uh, for Tua to do because right now. He can't really 
talk to Tyreek any kind of way because Tyreek is a, a better player than he is. Yeah, he's a three-time all pro, right? Yeah, yeah. So, he's one I of mean, the best. So that, that dilemma right there now, they got some weapons with Waddle and all that. Now, is Tyreek going to want to share the spotlight with Waddle? Waddle like he had to in Kansas City because he wasn't a high-state receiver or the exactly. high-state player on the team in Kansas City. Now he's the highest-paid receiver, the highest-paid player on the team, the most visible, and the most experienced. So he's going to justify that he should be getting majority of the catches and the ball and scheme to throw to him. And I think with that young coach coming from San Francisco, I think they're going to try to do that just like how they did with the uh, with Debo in San Francisco, I would say they won't run him a lot, Tyreek Hill. They will run reverses and things like that. But I think they're going to try to get him the ball as much as they gave it to Debo Samuel in, um, in San Francisco. Yeah, you're referring to Mike McDaniel, obviously, as a yeah. history. And that and yeah. the major reason he was hired was to try to salvage Tua's career because once upon a time, everybody was talking about tanking for Tua, slip yeah. in the fifth round. And then you're dealing with the fact that they were going to be listening. We should have drafted Justin Herbert. And now we got Tua. Well, and yeah, it was, but, Scott it was it, tanking for Tua. Now it's tanking because of Tua. That's but, you know what, but you also got to look at, you know, last year they, they're pulling him at the in close games. How are you supposed to learn how two to be a quarterback in the that's, NFL? That's, I think that's two years ago now. That was last year. No, that, that was last year well, still? Okay. Well, I, I didn't think I didn't think that uh, the head coach really wanted it. No, nope. I think that was like probably because they because yeah, the oh, head coach absolutely. Justin. The head coach wanted Justin, but he got overrode by you know the higher up. By Greer, so, yeah. You know, when when he came in, Tool was already against the against the eight ball. Like yep. any any mistake or anything that you can learn, I'm going to hold that against you because I wanted Justin. And now it's right to want him. Yeah. And how he's flourishing. And they like, man, that should have been down here in Miami if we would have went with the head coach's decision instead of the higher up. So Tua is going to have a lot to prove. Is he capable of doing it? I would say so because remember, what, eight years ago, seven years ago, national championship game, Jalen Hurts wasn't getting it done. And, and, and Nick Saban said, Tua, go in there and bring it home. And he brought it home as a true freshman in the biggest game. Of the season, so I think Tua has the tools to do it. I just hope that they give him the opportunity, and everybody in the team buys in in the organization to support him, whether he's doing bad or not. Keep supporting him, and so right. and that he don't have to look behind him every exception that he's going to get benched. Well, only time will tell on that. All right, gentlemen, we are running short on time, so we're going to go around in our little circle. We'll start with Scott, and then we'll go to George, up to JB, and across that screen. Um, tell everybody where they can find you as we wrap this up. Scott, take it away. Thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. www.southflorida.tribune.com. Glad to be partners with Sideline Sports. Follow me at Tribune South, and more importantly, please subscribe to our South Florida Tribune YouTube channel. Lots of great shows there. Guys, it's been an absolute pleasure being on. Look forward to being on with you guys. You're all class acts. Great Absolutely. Stuff. Always appreciate you coming on. George? Well, I don't have a lot of social media. <laughs> I gave it to my son because we have the same name, so I gave all that to him. But I can say uh, I am ecstatic to be on with everybody tonight. It was, I mean, it was exhilarating to just talk sports. Um, when you're around kids all day, you know, I get, I talk, of course, with my kids, but, uh, but I can be found at uh, www.thepresentdad.com, my book on fatherhood, 
or my foundation, www.thepresentdadfoundation.com. So again, I am I am ecstatic, and I'm looking forward to continue doing this with you guys. We love having you. We appreciate it, George. First of all, thank you, Scott, for being here. Great working with you, you George. Really glad that we met on LinkedIn. We became friends, and I'm glad that you joined us. You know, hearing hearing about the game, we we can all talk about the game, but you've played the game at that level, so it's a different different way of looking at it. And and we appreciate you being here talking with us. You're a great guy. You know, love it. Next, 11, 11 o'clock tonight, confidential. We got some breaking front office trade rumor stuff going on. Make sure you watch it. You know, we were working the phones all night, all day. You're going to want to hear about this here first. 11 o'clock, make sure you watch it. Uh, JB underscore the program on Twitter. Uh, at Sideline Sports 1 is all of us. Jake? I'm going to throw it to John first. I got to wrap this up like I always do. John. Yeah, um, Blue Hawks 13 for me, but more importantly, make sure you follow us on YouTube, subscribe, and uh, check out all of our shows Sunday through Saturday. We have shows every single day of the week. We have so many great people on this network. It's not about the four of us, not about me, Jake, Eric, or JB. It's about our entire team. We're a family. We're a team here at Sideline Sports, and that's what we're all about. Absolutely, and you guys can find me on Twitter or all my social media is really at Jake underscore Malik. Um, but more importantly, as you see scrolling across the bottom of your screen, here's where you can find Sideline Sports. Instagram and Twitter is Sideline Sport One. YouTube and Facebook is Sideline Sports. We have a group, we have a page, we have all that stuff on Facebook. Just look it up. DBTV. Uh, we are on TikTok, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere and everywhere that you watch video or listen to podcasts, we are there. And on that note, everybody have a good one, and we will see you next time. Hey there, I'm DC. I host the Rock Podcast, Back to the Arena, the Interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the interview. Electric acid. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, that's no, that's just my dad. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big hole. On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid.